Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Tonight, I'm uh, talking about something. Actually, I a pastor asked me to minister this afternoon or after church, and so I had something that I was intending on doing, but got down here this afternoon, and uh, the Lord put another scripture on my heart, and so we'll just see, um, see where we go. Are you believing God with me? Because I've got some things written down, and we'll just trust the Holy Ghost to, uh, to help us out, and um, uh, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know the content of this weekend. I hope I'm not repeating anything. I did not hear any of it. I'm going to, but um, uh, go with me over to uh, James chapter 1. Did you guys look at James chapter 1? Oh, you did? Uh-oh. Okay. Well, praise God. Take it up with the Holy Ghost if you've got a problem with it. Uh, James chapter 1. Scripture here, like I said, I, and I've got some things written down, and I'm just trusting the Holy Ghost to help me uh, keep it all straight here and make it come out where it needs to. But to here in James chapter 1, uh, verse 1, will say, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you, fall, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And like I said this afternoon, the scripture has kind of dropped in my heart. And, um, uh, and this is an interesting uh, uh, verse, set of verses here. In the book of James was written during a time, actually James was writing to the church in Jerusalem, to the Jewish believers. And they are, at this point, obviously it says here... Um, uh, bondservant of Jesus Christ of the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. And so they're going through a time of intense uh, pressure and persecution. And, and really, you know, uh, uh, the gospel was, was under attack. Actually, the, the whole nation of Israel is under attack and, and they're receiving a lot of persecution. And so he's uh, writing these. Some of you know when somebody's in the middle of something and they write something like this, it has a little bit more significance to it. It's one thing to say, oh, you know, grace and blessing be to you and count it all joy and you fall in various trials and temp- and tribulations. How I many know when you're not in a test or trial or tribulation, that doesn't carry as much weight as when you're in the middle of one, right? And uh, James was experiencing this himself. He was, a, he was obviously one of the, uh, um, the brother of Jesus and, and one of the disciples. And so he's writing here from a very personal experience, you know, to uh, uh, admonishing them and, and encouraging them. And he said that we count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And I know that this goes counterculture to, uh, and just counterintuitive uh, to what we believe, right, and what's in our heart to do. A lot of times when you fall in trials, you want to do what? You want to run, Right. Or like Doug, you want to complain. No, you don't want to complain. Like he didn't complain, but have I mean, you know that's something that is a very real thing people do. Begin to complain. You think in different times, Pastor read uh, a few weeks ago about Paul and Silas in jail. How I many you know most of us probably would have complained a little bit? Oh Lord, I'm doing your will, I'm doing your work, and I'm doing what you told me to do. And look what the, most of us probably would have been there. You know, that was one of the biggest problems that children of Israel had. They couldn't keep their mouth shut. No matter what was going on, no matter how good God had been to them, when, when something would come their way, a little opposition would come their way, he delivered them from Egypt. They were slaves and broke. They left poor, or they left not poor, they left completely provided for. They left wealthy, right? I mean, he performed a major miracle, delivered them. They get to the Red Sea, what do they do? They complain. He parts the Red Sea, they get them across the Red Sea, and, and, and then they get to a place where they don't have any food. What do they do? They complain. And that is the natural reaction most people have is to, is to complain. But how many know we, we have a greater calling here? And it says here to count it all joy when you fall into various tryings. Why? Knowing that the testing of your faith 
produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So this work of patience in our life produces something. It makes us perfect or mature and complete and causes us to be in a place where we're lacking nothing. How many know that lacking nothing sounds good? But when you're in the midst of a test and trial, you just want to be out of it. You know, when you think about the children of Israel, the things they went through, God was really, he was, he was preparing them to enter into what they had for them. And when their time came to enter into the full promise, the full, uh, 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 the full realization of what God wanted to do, because they weren't willing or not able to let patience uh, have its work in their life, they missed out on what God had for them. Now, like I said, tests and trials come, but how many know that tests and trials are not from the Lord? Let me get to James myself here. I'd written the first scriptures down. Let me get this here. Uh, let's look in verse 12. It says, Blessed the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Anybody love him tonight? Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. And I just want to say this because there's still a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of ideas out there, and I know nobody in this room would believe this, but maybe somebody listening. God does not tempt us. God does not bring tests and trials our way to bring calamity or trouble into our life, but there is an adversary out there, uh, Satan, who, who, who does not like us and, and, more importantly, doesn't like God. How I many know a lot of times it's not so much about us, it's more about the one who does love us. And, and really, he doesn't care that much about us. He's just looking to hurt God and to, and to, and to upset God by, how I many know when you see your kids going through something, you don't like it? How well, I many know God doesn't like it when we're dealing with stuff? But the good news is, Scripture tells us that he won't allow anything, he won't allow anything to come our way that we are not uh, able to handle and not provide a way of escape, Right? But we know that God does not bring testing, does not bring trials. The enemy brings these things to us. But also it says in verse 14, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And so a lot of times tests and trials come our way because we have a heart and an affection for something else outside of what God's word promises us. And how many know those things need to be worked out of our life? That was a less than stellar response. I said those things need to be worked out of our life. The testing of our faith, it, it produces something. It, it is something to be counted for as joy because it produces something in us and it causes us to be mature, perfect believers lacking nothing. I'll just say this. If you're in the middle of something, if you're facing something, count it all joy. Count it all joy if you're facing something. If you're going through something, count it all joy. Some of you are like, I ain't doing it. You need to count it all joy. Your response, how you decide to look at it, how you despise, what you count it as is going to determine what you get, right? If you, count it, if, you, if you count it as anything other than joyful, you won't find the real joy that's in it and the blessing that comes from it. Like I said, God's not tempting us. He's not bringing those things. But in spite of these things, God will use them and work through them to produce maturity in us and cause us to be more like Jesus, that was a whole lot more exciting than many of the responses. He won't, it'll cause us to look more like Jesus. Did Jesus go through tests and trials? Every stinking day, right? When he woke up, those 12 disciples, they were a test and a trial in his patience every single day. He, everywhere he went, he went through tests and trials. We don't find one place where, where, where Jesus was wringing his hands, upset, going to the Father. Why did you ask me to do this? This is just too much. Not one time did he do that. 
Now, he did pray once, if there's any way to let this cup pass before me, but still he said, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. He didn't, he wasn't afraid of it. He wasn't, he, he didn't want, naturally didn't want to do it. Spiritually, he didn't want to do it. But he also recognized there was great opportunity here for him. And so when he faced things, we're going to face things. And so if you're facing something, count it all joy. If you're not facing something, the, the likelihood is you will likely face something before too long and start counting it all joy. Amen. Count it all joy. Let me find the scripture here that I want. Like I said, I wrote down uh, several. Praise the Lord. Go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter to the first chapter. Praise God, praise God. Let's see. Here in 2 Peter chapter 1, let me turn to it myself. Awesome verses here, awesome verses. It says here, um, we'll, start in verse, uh, uh, we'll start in verse 2, scriptures that are just wonderful. It's, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Something to remember when you're in the middle of facing something, God has given us. That, that includes you. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is a scripture personally something I've been, the Lord's been bringing me back to all the time. No matter what's going on, he, you've been given everything you need for life and godliness, right? To really live and for godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. How do you do that? By adding these things to your faith. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Everybody say never stumble. You will never stumble and you, are ne you will never fall. Now that is given in, in the context of tests and trials do come our way. But he says here, if we do these things, we will never fall. We will never stumble. Ladies and gentlemen, that is awesome. We have been given what we need. We have been given everything we need, right? So we do these things, you will never stumble. Verse 11, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But verse number uh, six says, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance. Uh, that is patience, steadfastness, and endurance. The Amplified says uh, uh, of that verse, it says, and in exercising knowledge, develop self-control, and in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, and endurance. How many know that steadfastness, patience, endurance can be developed in our life? What is it in Titus, uh, Titus chapter 2? You can, you can turn over there. Titus, the second chapter. Titus is a great book. A lot of great things in here. And, and uh, one that I've been reading here recently, Titus chapter 2. He's talking about here the qualities of a sound church. 
It's the header on the, on the, of this part of the chapter. Um, in verse 1, it says, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate. Doug, reverent, temperate. Uh, notice it says, sound in faith, in love, in patience. Sound in faith. How many know that we need to be sound in faith? What does it mean to be sound? It means to be developed in something. How many of you can be developed in faith? Your faith should be developed. Your ability to trust God is something that you have to develop. Yes, it's something you have to develop, and we can develop that. He said be developed or sound in faith, in love, and in patience. And so this idea of patience is something that we've got to develop and nurture in our life. Now, a lot of people think patience is just, just putting up with and just going along with until something is over. That is not what patience is. Patience is an action. It, it, is, a, it is a heart, uh, a position of one's heart and character where you refuse to give up, you refuse to quit, you refuse to give in to what the situation is that's coming your way. And you can develop that in your life. No matter what our failures have been, when we've given up in times past, when time, things have come and we've thrown in the towel, we can redevelop, we can retrain ourselves to be patient, steadfast in all areas. And it is the will of the Lord for us. Go over to Matthew chapter, uh, let me find it first myself. I think it's Matthew chapter 7. The parable of the, um, yeah, build on the rock, Matthew 7 verse 24. Matthew 7 and 24 Faith and patience work together. Faith and patience are things that are tied to one another, and one without the other, they're not going to work for you. You need both of them. Here it, uh, in the parable of um, uh, the man who built his house on the rock in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them. What's that talking about? Hearing the commandments, the will of the Lord, God's will for you, right? How many know that hearing them is not enough? You've got to do something with what you hear. You've got to be a what? A doer of the things that you heard. This weekend was great. Ladies heard a lot of great stuff, but if you don't put those things into action, it'll just be another great message. I mean, great messages won't cause you to experience and encounter a very real God. It's action. It's putting these things into practice in your life. And so he said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. We want to be wise, right? Who built his house on the rock. Notice that faith was involved before the storm ever came. Getting into God's word, getting a hold of what God had promised and what God had commanded him is involved in, in, the, in the process, but it, it's done in our life before the storm comes. How I many know we should always be uh, fortifying and building up and, and edifying ourselves in the will of the Lord, in the promises and the commandments? We ought to be putting these things in us, right? And so a wise man is someone who is hearing these things and then doing them before the storm ever comes. A lot of times people wait until there is trouble to react, it is true that sometimes tough times are the best motivator. But how I many know that's not necessarily the wisest time to be motivated? You know, it's hurricane season. If you wait until hurricane season, to, you, you can own a generator. But if you wait until hurricane season to learn how to hook it up, how I many know that is not wisdom? But, you know, a lot of people do that. I think we probably did that when we first got it. Got it. Oh, it's so good to have this generator back in 2000, all those storms in 2004. This is so great. Left it in the garage. Never actually hooked the thing up. But I mean, it's much better when a storm comes, as soon as you get a sign of it, to know that you already know because you practice this thing, you're well informed of what you're doing. Well, that's what a wise man does. 
It says, verse, verse 25, and the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. The foundation was secure. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does, and does, uh, uh, and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So we can see that faith is involved. Building our faith, getting into God's promises is something that we need to do uh, in the, before the storm ever comes. But how many know there's something we must do during the storm? That's where steadfastness comes in, is being steadfast, because one without the other, they're not going to work together. Tests and trials come to cause you to abandon the thing you're believing for. Temptations come, tests and trials come to cause you to give up on what's coming your way. And a person who's built their house, it's great to build your house on the rock, but if that's, that's all you've got in your life, when the storms come, you are likely to abandon what you've built. I know when we were in Tulsa, right, we had a, we had a big hurricane, or not a hurricane, how many hurricanes in Tulsa? We had a tornado that, that came through, a big F5 tornado, you know, and, and I've told this before, they came through that night and, and they got us all, we're in, a, we're in a place that has been built, you know, to withstand a certain amount of winds. Well, they evacuated us somewhere else. How many know that when things come your way, there is a sense to want to evacuate and go somewhere else? But when you built your house on the rock, when you built your house on the promises of God, that temptation comes, but you've got to have perseverance to not run to something else. It's called patience. That is patience, endurance, steadfastness, stick-to-itness, right? The enemy's always going to want to do that. Patience without faith has no power to call the unseen into the seen realm. So you can be steadfast but not have faith and not produce anything. So you've got to have trust in the Lord. You've got to know what his promises are, but at the same point, you've got to add patience to it because obviously we know faith is a substance of thing hopes for, but faith uh, uh, without uh, uh, patience has no stability in itself. With faith without patience, many times we'll fall, uh, we'll fail to stand firm on what God has promised us to do. Faith without patience, sense knowledge, what we see can overwhelm our faith. Now, I know, you know, like I said this afternoon, the Lord put this on my heart to talk about. I know there are people going through things. And no matter what it looks like, no matter what it appears like, God has your answer. And if you've been faithful to get into God's word, God's word is true. And if you haven't, you still have time. But you've got to make a commitment. I'm not going to abandon and try to go do something else, run to something else. I'm going to stick with what God has called me to do, right? Tests and trials, like I said, do not come from God, but we cannot get outside of God's plan for us. There is no answer tied to anything else. I'll go through over to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews the 6th chapter. Hebrews chapter 6. Like I said, faith, there's a tendency there to waver, but patience comes to aid our faith to make it stand. There's power in patience, and it's necessary for our standing. In Hebrews chapter 6, in the ninth verse, it says, But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and the labor of love which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. How many know we have to maintain until the end? Verse 12 says that you do not become sluggish, but 
imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. But imitate those through faith and patience inherit the promise. If you look at anybody who's accomplished anything in God's word, what do they have? Faith and patience. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. You know, I was thinking about Joseph. You can't think about faith and patience without thinking about Joseph. Joseph had great faith. He knew who his God was, and he maybe wasn't the smartest with his mouth in the beginning, but he knew who God was. And yet, how many know that Joseph went through a lot of stuff? And God had a plan to redeem the entire nation and, and to do something for his family. But how many know that things came their way, but they weren't, they didn't, they weren't by God's design. But how many know that God did design a man for that time? And so when they came, opportunities came his way. And so he had to maintain who he was through Potiphar and through all the other stuff that happened. Through giving, uh, interpreting the dream of, of the, the baker and the other guy. When they forgot who he was and left him in jail and left him in there. How many know that he had to maintain some patience? At any point, he could have thrown in the towel. At any point, he could have given up on what God had told him and the dream that God had placed in his heart. In the moment, if he had given up on that and decided, you know what, the saying, you know, you, you don't want to let the jail get into you. Had he let the jail get into him, he'd have not seen it and his family would have gone without. It says those through faith and patience inherit. Those through faith and patience inherit. And so this is something that we've got to maintain. This is something you can develop in your life. It starts with right where you are, standing strong and doing what the Lord has called you to do. Being diligent. Being diligent. Pastor's been talking about confession on Sundays. That's important. Confession, not making the, the wrong confession, not speaking death, or not speaking things that are outside of God's will for us, but making sure we're, we're watching, you, watching our mouth. You can do that in your own life. How I many of steadfastness, like I said, is important? Keep going back to that. We, can't, we cannot get away from the fact that we must be constant. We must be uh, diligent to do what the Lord has asked us to do. Amen? Uh, let me look here. Let's see. In... In Philippians chapter 1, we'll go here, Philippians, the first chapter, Philippians uh, chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, it's in verse uh, 3. It says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making mention for you with all, or request, making requests for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Part of our, our ability to stay, uh, uh, to walk in patience is to trust and to understand that what God has started, he's going to complete. And, uh, you know, like I said, I know there's some people going through some things. Listen, what God started in your life, he wants to bring it to completion. And he'll do it if you'll stand confident in those things. Our, our reminding ourselves of who God really is and what he said he would do is key to us being able to be patient and steadfast no matter what's going on. How I many know that's our responsibility to do that for ourselves? Patience is not something that somebody else lives for you or exhibits for you, just like faith is not something that somebody else exhibits for you. What happens a lot of times, we, we, we have times and we've experienced there where somebody can believe God for something for us. But I don't even know if we're going to be mature 
and really have everything that God wants for us, we've got to learn to believe God for ourselves. You know, when your kids are younger, you're raising kids, there's a part of you using your faith for them and believing God for them for things. And what are you doing? You're training them and showing them that God's faithful. But I mean, at some point, you're going to have to start believing God for yourself. I know one of the things we did with our kids when they were young, when they, they were, you know, everybody's wanting stuff and wanting this, wanting that. We started training them, well, if you want it, you believe God for it. I'll never forget when Jack, I don't know how old he was, he wanted a Nintendo, what is that, a Game Boy or DS or something. He wanted one. And yeah, we could have bought it. But it was just a good opportunity. Listen, he, need, they, he needs to learn how to trust God for himself in some things. And so we made the decision, you know, well, we're going to tell him, well, you believe God for it. You asked the Lord for it. And we didn't tell a single person about what he was asking for, what he's believing for. I mean, you know, that's not faith when you're dropping hints. Just want to let you know my son's believing God for a game, boy, and he, your sure is nice. We didn't do that, you know. Uh, but we told you believe God. Well, I remember Natalie Schrader came up to him not that long after that and said, you know, I got this Game Boy or DS or what it was, and I'm not using it. Would you like to have it? Well, what is it? It was an opportunity for him to learn how to use his faith and for him to, to exercise his own. What is he doing? He's growing. He's developing a confidence in his own ability to trust God. Well, patience is the same way. You, we can let other people's steadfastness carry us for a day, but there are things that you're going to have to develop in your own life and not just depend on somebody else's positive confession and their stance, it is going to be all right, but begin to do that for ourselves. We've got to develop, and you can develop this in your life. No matter where you are, don't always look for somebody else to bail you out. We do that in, in the area of believing God for something. Well, if we can just get somebody to pray, if we can just get enough people. Sometimes the only person who needs to pray is you. If I can just get somebody to encourage me, if I can just get somebody to, to strengthen me. Sometimes we just need to get to where we're learning to strengthen ourselves. Perseverance must be developed on a personal level. Like I said before, there's not a single thing that's coming your way that God has not prepared the way of escape for you. Not too great for you, and he's not provided the answer for you. Develop this in your life. Develop this. God is faithful. The work that he began, he will bring to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He will do what he said he would do. But you got to get a hold of that for yourself. You got to get a hold of that for yourself. You can build the best house on the best rock, but if you won't stay in the door, there's nothing anybody else can do for you. Right? Patience, endurance is important. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Like I said, it has several scripture written down, but, but these are good for us. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 in the 10th verse, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Are we supposed to be strong in ourselves? No, be strong in the Lord. If the Lord, if, if the scriptures tell us to do it, you can do this. You can be strong in the things of God. You can be strong in the Lord, right? So it's put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the deceitful plottings of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, uh, uh, and, and against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to you that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. You say it this way: Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the middle of your test, in the middle of your trial, in the middle of uh, uh, of things that are coming against you. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand. What is part of this? The Word of God. 
It's an understanding of his faithfulness, right? There's all these things involved. And it goes on to say, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. And having done all to stand, stand there. What does that mean? When you've done everything you know to do. I mean, sometimes it's good to go to the Lord and say, Lord, am I missing it somewhere? Is there an adjustment? I need? Is there something I need to do? Is there something I need to do differently? That is a very valid question to ask. And the Holy Spirit will tell us when we're missing something. But oftentimes you're doing everything you need to do to stand. Well, then what's the answer? Endure. Endure. Don't give up on that thing. Endure. Don't, don't, don't throw in the towel. What is your answer? It's to endure. To, to, to stand strong. Why? That way the Lord may complete you in those things and fully mature you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.